Welcome to Institutional Insights. As a lot of you may know, LNG has quite a number of different businesses within its group. And in today's episodes, we'll be looking at how three of these work together to create long-term assets using the premiums we receive from pension risk transfers and how these assets will further support inclusive capitalism and tackle social issues such as the housing crisis and underdevelopment of towns and cities across the UK. So in today's episode, I have the pleasure of welcoming Aaron McClure, who works in legal and general retirement, Wes Earlham from legal and general capital and Ben Rogers from legal and general investment management. So we can just kick off with um, a few introductions. Could each of you give us a quick overview on the businesses you work in, their focus and what your role entails on a day-to-day basis? Yeah, thanks Paige. So I'm Director of Urban Regeneration in Legal and General Capital and I'm part of our specialist commercial real estate uh, team. Within that we have Urban Regeneration um, where our, our portfolio um, sits across 18 towns and cities and we have investments both in specific regeneration opportunities and also um, in large-scale joint ventures um, and I look after a, a team that is uh, working day-to-day with colleagues across LNG and our partners to deliver all of the fantastic projects that you uh, you hear about. So Legal and General Capital is the alternatives division within Legal and General and we've pretty much got three fundamental objectives within the division. So first one is profit generation uh, within LGC for our shareholders. Uh, The second one is asset creation for LGR and third party investors. And then the final one is creating lasting value uh, for society through the investments that we make. So three cornerstones really of the business. Thanks Wes. And over to you Aaron. Yeah, so I'm an investment manager in LGR. Uh, So I primarily uh, look after the uh, back book of investments, but also looking at the new investments that come through for direct investments. So looking at the back book, I also uh, take a look at the new direct investments that are coming on board that we use to back PRT. Uh, So we're having a look at how they will change and how they fit into our strategic uh, asset allocation. And if that strategic asset allocation needs to change when new opportunities come along. LGR is the life insurance uh, business, so we uh, purchase assets to back our insurance liabilities and we work with LGC uh, with WES on the asset creation side uh, in terms of uh, forward funding commitments and things that uh, LGC might develop. So for instance, uh, some of the stuff we've done in Cardiff recently and then we then uh, hold those assets. And by PRT, we're referring to pension risk transfer transactions. And Ben, last but not least. Yeah, so so my job is that I I head the regeneration team within sort of LGM Real Assets. I sit within the the transactions team in Real Assets. And um, the the, the function of of my role really is to try and facilitate um, source, structure, predominantly partnership agreements on behalf of LGC, um, working with LGR. So the idea is to really create these large partnership projects where we're effectively you know using both parts of the business um to to sort of the greater effect um and, and that's that's been the role that i've been working on for the last six years before we dive into how we create these opportunities aaron could you describe the types of assets that lgr looks to invest in to back 
the business it writes? Yeah, sure. So some of the assets that we invest in uh, can be real estate based. We obviously have our standard um, public traded bond portfolio, but a lot of the stuff that uh, LGC does for us is a lot of the urban regeneration and uh, property based transactions. So you've probably seen the uh, what we've done in, in Cardiff. We also have the uh, Oxford uh, Joint Venture Partnership as well. So uh, these kind of uh, long uh, real estate style assets really lend themselves well to backing liabilities because of their long term profile of cash flows. So long term leases, say uh, with Oxford University over the next 55 years is a great match uh, for paying continued uh, pension payouts over that term. And is the reason why we have to invest into stable long term cash flow assets due to solvency two, the regulation that that we fall under? Yes, so under matching adjustment and cash flow tests, uh, we'd like to be able to have long term assets that have cash inflows to match the outflows of our liabilities. Great, thanks, Aaron. And Wes, how do you how do you and your team go about creating these assets? It seems like it will be quite a long process, so any insights you could provide on on timelines as well would be very interesting. Yeah, thanks, Paige. I mean, opportunities are secured um, for LGR and across the business in a variety of ways. Um, so I'll, I'll focus on the part of the business that, that I'm, I'm in, which is uh, specialist commercial real estate um, and specifically urban regeneration. And what, what we're often looking to do is create uh, high quality long term partnerships. So they might be site specific. So um, think of Cardiff, for example, where we've invested over 450 million uh, into that scheme, creating assets for LGR. Uh, working with Elgin, Newcastle, uh, which is another high quality uh, commercially led scheme uh, and others. And then we also have uh, long term joint ventures. So Oxford University, which has already been mentioned, and that's a multi-site joint venture. So looking at lots of uh, potential opportunities to bring forward assets which are both useful in terms of their impact on society, the things that they can do, job creation, but also uh, providing all the long dated income that, that Aaron's uh, mentioned. And then alongside that, we have joint ventures uh, such as Bruntwood SciTech, uh, which is a, a high growth real estate sector where we're really looking to sort of transform um, the life science and technology real estate market and bring, bring uh, forward innovation ecosystems. So where people can start up businesses, um, literally one and two person businesses, right through to uh, you know, really high complex wet lab facilities. So really trying to bring a lot of diversity through the different investments which can appeal to different parts of, of LNG and, and also third party investors. And what's the typical length of these partnerships? Yeah, m most of the opportunities we're involved in are what we would consider long term. So, um, you know, I would say 10 years plus in reality. There's very, very few projects we would uh, be involved in which are much shorter than that. They're often um, significant city town uh, centre sites. If it's a, a one-off regeneration um, or if it's a joint venture, it can be you know even even more uh, long dated than that and potentially open-ended joint ventures, which could, could last into decades, such as the uh, hopefully the Oxford one. Um, if we think about the ID Manchester, Innovation District Manchester opportunity, which our Bruntwood SciTech joint venture secured, you know, that's earmarked as a 15-year, 1.5 billion pound uh, development value vehicle. And what role does your team play in creating these assets and at what stage does Elgin get involved? Essentially, uh, you know, our team, we 
we, we nearly always act on behalf of LGC when looking for sort of pipeline opportunities for um, sort of city and town centre regeneration projects. Those those tend to be of a, a quite large scale because the idea being that this sort of structure is, is most beneficial when done at scale. Um, so I will sort of work with with Wes's team in, in sort of finding those opportunities, seeing where the where the sort of the business case sits. Does it sort of meet the you know the financial metrics of what we need, but also create that sort of greater social purpose as well. So it's kind of looking for that. And usually that will involve some kind of partnership with a, with a local authority or somebody of that, of that nature. And then we will kind of try and work in a, a structure that also involves uh, LGR as well for the, uh, for the annuity side. And for completeness, Aaron, can you explain how the premium received from PRT transactions are used to support these assets and what effect it has on LNG's policyholders? Uh, when LGR is undertaking PRT business, generally we're paid a premium and that takes the form of cash and gilts uh, for simplicity. So what we'll do is when that premium uh, is received, we will then undertake our strategic asset allocation and uh, move the funds uh, into a project. So something that Wes and his team at LGC would be doing. So they would have a project underway um, and then we would onboard that uh, asset. So for instance, in Oxford, uh, and the rents that Oxford pay in terms of that building, we then take those rents and use those rents over the long life of that lease to pay the uh, insured person policyholders on the back of that PRT transaction. So that gives you an understanding of the, the kind of end to end uh, of how the PRT market and the uh, asset origination kind of all flows through into one. If you think about Oxford there, you've got clearly what Aaron's just described around the um, the ink the returns generated through the project. You've then got the impact of the project itself that has been identified by LGM and uh, and LGC together. And then what we do is we deliver. We often deliver the projects together with LGM. So you, it's it's kind of like the perfect example of where, if you like, we you know LGC's identified a partnership in that instance. I think Ben. Um, has then worked with LGM to deliver the projects um, to create the income back to LGR and then back to the policy policyholders. Yeah, yeah, that's, an, that's a good point, Wes. Actually, so mm. is that it, it's that whole it's, it's a collaborative team effort of the different yeah. divisions of LNG mm. working together because it, it, it wouldn't be possible for each of us individually to achieve this. That's it. It's it's the fact that you know we need all we need all the pieces to come together. You know, it, we it's because we've got these different components of the business that we're able to. To work in these areas and if any one of them didn't exist then that that's back to our sort of usp if we as we like to think of it anyway mm. it's the university needs i mean this example is an academic institution building called the life and mind building you know so the university needs space hasn't got the either got the capital or um, wants to use third-party capital we've got that capital we've got uh, you know the business to back it off against and then we've got the credibility and the ability to deliver the scheme as well through um, LGC and LGIM. One of the main themes you've all touched upon is how these assets are being used to make a difference to society. LNG has now been practicing inclusive capitalism for at least a decade. And as we emerge from the pandemic, it's never been more important to support the recovery of our economy, levelling up and, and building back better. What does this mean in practice for the partnerships you look to enter into? Yeah, I mean, I think the the policy slogans "build back better" and, and "leveling up" are, are things that 
LNG has been doing actually for a long time. If you look at our portfolio, you look at the track record of the business. So to some extent, it, it's it's great in that it feels like policies now um, coming up alongside the things that we we as a business are really passionate about. So in terms of how we are we are building that better and, and leveling up, if, if you like, you know, we've got a portfolio now in re- regeneration and our, our high growth uh, joint ventures we've talked about which spans 18 towns and cities across the UK. So we're really, we don't have a, a geographical concentration in a specific area. What we're trying to do instead is work with like-minded partners, identify places where we think we can, you know, have a, um, a, a fantastic relationship with perhaps a local authority um, and the community and really bring forward high quality real assets. And, you know, when we talk about using society's capital for society's benefit, you know, that really means working across the UK and not just working in specific high value locations that might traditionally be deemed to be, you know, the places where a real estate business should focus its activities. So, you know, I, I think for, for us, it's really about um, how do we now work with the emerging sort of policy directives and really seek to build on the platforms that we've already created um, and bring forward more and more opportunities across the UK. Um, and they align perfectly with the levelling up agenda. Thanks, Wes. And Ben, would you be able to talk through some examples to to bring that to life, in particular? Yeah. So I think a good a good sort of case study almost for this would be our Newcastle Helix um, partnership in 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 the city centre in, in Newcastle, um, where we sort of six seven years ago now. We, we entered a sort of dialogue with with both Newcastle City Council and Newcastle University, who jointly owned uh, what was the former Scottish and Newcastle Brewery, uh, which is very close to St James's Park Stadium in uh, just to the north of the, the core city centre. Um, that site had sort of suffered, as, as many sites have done in sort of industrial uh, northern cities, um, sort of outliving its purpose, not really having the, the sort of the, the the value within it to to find sustainable speculative you know regenerative development so we we entered dialogue um to look at a partnership approach whereby we all effectively invest um and this was a good example of using lgc and lgr capital together um we we worked with the council the council effectively took a um, a, a lease of, of an office building which we developed for them of, for, a, for a long period of time and then we committed to speculatively developing the next and the next phases of, of that scheme. The university also developed um, two national innovation centres, one for data and one for ageing and uh, a large faculty for uh, urban science and, and, and together the council developed further buildings around it, we're putting a hotel on, we've got um, housing, we're going to have a BTR scheme on the site. The idea being that this 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 former sort of 24 acres of what was almost you know post-industrial waste land, which didn't really have a purpose and couldn't really have been brought together piecemeal with any kind of coherence, was 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 really sort of boosted by by the power of the partnership, um, and it's been a, a really really positive relationship with everybody sort of pulling together equally to sort of regenerate the place and that scheme is now probably about 70 percent complete um and, and it's just really interesting to see some of the collaborations that are already taking place there now you know the scheme is very much um it's sort of 
pedestrian led it's 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 a real community and the idea of it being designed and master planned together we have all of these different buildings of all of these different uses which historically you wouldn't have had you know you would have historically had towns where you had this sort of essential core of sort of commercial uses and then you'd have sort of the donuts of sort of residential uses around that this is kind of sort of bringing all of that together in one sort of thriving community um with with sort of leisure and amenity uses that go with that to try and give people what they want and and so far it's been a really really um really strong success and and you know we're still moving now from the stage of actually just building it into actually creating more of that community there uh, and building on that and creating the relationships between the different types of occupiers who who find themselves there sounds fantastic thanks ben and those types of assets it, it seems also fall very nicely into the s part of esg is there any element of how it helps on the the e part as well the environmental side yeah i mean again i don't want to sort of um just just focus on on one scheme but it, it because it's quite well developed now it's a good example in some ways of of, of all of this in action so we from the outset we sort of embodied um social value principles within this so when we're sort of looking at letting building contracts and actually sort of building up this we 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 start to look at the metrics behind it and how you can sort of promote local skills how you can support growth and responsible businesses um again safer communities and sort of improving the environment so the scheme had um uh, it was it was part of it was having a district energy center on site which provided the heating the cooling and the electricity for all the occupiers centralized which um the benefit of doing that is it creates huge carbon savings every year um and it's cumulative and and by having one centralized facility to do that you can actually then start to connect in businesses outside of the boundaries of uh, the helix estate as it were uh, and they can all feed it and the more people that feed into it the the more sustainable and the more carbon savings are, are generated so that's a really interesting way of looking at it um and and i think that has also started to feed through into different occupiers people big businesses corporates who are also coming in everybody has very strong esg uh, principles um, that they're working to now um, things like carbon net zero uh, embodied carbon and by embodied carbon i mean when you're sort of building buildings you need to look at supply chain where things are coming from what those journeys are and, and the impact on the environment um, and so you start to build in how your your the environment and the community and the buildings that you're building can be um, sustainably neutral in a carbon sense all the way through from effectively starting through to the operation through the life of the buildings as well um, and, and and these are obviously it's a rapidly changing environment for this and obviously everybody's becoming increasingly concerned about um the sort of the climate emergency so these are things that lng are, are extremely keen to keep pushing the boundaries on and what's 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 possible thanks ben and aaron is that helping our um in terms of lgr's objectives around esg is that helping to decarbonize our back book of, of business Yes, yes, it is. So by having more environmentally friendly assets, we can lower the carbon footprint of all our pensions. So uh, by investing in uh, better assets uh, to meet our liabilities, we're doing our part by investing the capital for a better tomorrow.
And the projects you've spoken about today have all been in the UK. Do we have any similar partnerships with local authorities outside the UK, say in mainland Europe or in the US? And if we don't currently, are there any plans in the near future to do so and leverage the successes that you've had in the UK? The activities that we've been talking about today um, are, are purely within uh, the UK. Uh, we do have activities within the wider LGC business across Europe, um, where we have impact through our SME finance business. But the, the regeneration partnerships we're, we're talking about uh, and the real asset creation at this stage is, has been uh, a UK-focused exercise. But I think it's it's fair to say that it, we, we recognise that you know, we've had real success uh, in leveraging um, the, the LNG brand and all the LNG businesses and working in partnership with with high quality, um, you know, public and private sector institutions, and it, the ability to roll that out, um, uh, you know, across a wider jurisdiction is 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 absolutely there, and it and it certainly is a focus. And you know, we think that there will be opportunities um, in the US where they have um, a lot of similarities with our real estate market, uh, but also beyond beyond there as well uh, across Europe. So, the the model itself is is very portable. And, and our track record of, of delivery will be really, really uh, important for us. So we, we do see um, growth outside the UK um, as, as a strategic ambition going forward. And while we're talking about future aspirations, can you expand on LGC's ambitions in the UK? Do you expect we'll be entering into more partnerships similar to those that we have now? Yeah, I mean, we've we've got significant growth ambitions ac across LGC. Um, certainly, just if, if we think about, you know, maybe just focusing on our Bruntwood SciTech sort of life science and tech vehicle itself. Um, you know, by, by way of example, um, that was about 1.5 million square feet as a portfolio, as a, as a physical real estate footprint in 2018 when we originally invested. That's gone up by a, a further million square feet. And we'll go up by um, between 750,000 and a million square feet again in the next three to four years and, and significantly more beyond. And job creation wise, that will have gone from about 10,000 jobs in 2018 to over 20,000 in 2025. So, you know, really impactful uh, in those places. And those jobs are across a range of different um, sectors. So, you know, re really um, high quality uh, investments that we're making across the UK. And then, I mean, thereafter, the opportunities um, are huge for, for our business because we are able to leverage so many different strengths of, of the group. So, yeah, we, um, we we think we've got a huge part to play um, in, in our sectors uh, where we're currently active. Well, I look forward to hearing more success stories outside of the UK when that starts to happen. So before we end today, could I ask each of you What's your favourite project that you've worked on today or maybe one that most excites you? Wes, do you want to start us off? It's difficult to pick a favourite, really, in reality, because they're so different. Um, but if, if I had to sort of focus on one that I'm really excited about rather than say my favourite, I'd say that um, the Bruntwood SciTech vehicle is is really exciting because it's um, it's just one of those areas that has has actually been catalyzed by the pandemic. Um, I know we've managed to avoid that so far in today's podcast, but when we, when the business originally invested into um, the SciTech vehicle three years ago, nobody had really imagined that it, that it would, life science in particular, would, would uh, grow so significantly over, over the 
coming sort of four to five years. And what's happened is that the life science sector in particular um, in real estate has really uh, grown hugely. And, and you only need to listen to the news um, and listen to you know, scientists talking about how they intend to invest. And we really find ourselves and we've got an incredible opportunity because we had a first mover advantage. You know, we have a great platform. We've got a huge presence um, in towns and cities already. Uh, we've got a brilliant team. And so just so excited that we, we've, we've um, had the foresight in many ways to invest in a sector. And now we're able to, to really capitalise on our market position and grow that. So, yeah, very, very exciting. And of course, the impact that those businesses have and, on, on people in developing vaccines and, and helping cure illnesses is, is fantastic. And I think really well aligned to the LNG brand values. Thanks, Wes. And Aaron, what's either your, your favourite or what excites you about a recent project? I think the one that I'm uh, most interested in is the, the build to rent sector. So as we know, there's a bit of a, a shortage of uh, fit for purpose residential housing in the UK. And I think this brings together uh, a lot of really good, uh, well thought out and designed uh, community residential living um, that people can take advantage of in some of our city centres. They, these uh, these uh, built to rent developments can create a community and uh, they have quality housing uh, and they are also very environmentally friendly. So moving towards with uh, BTR and this new asset class, it is more environmentally friendly and provides people more competitive value for money. So the BTR schemes provide value for money and quality housing for their tenants. Thanks, Aaron. And Ben, last but not least. Yeah, thanks, Paige. Uh, I mean, similarly, it's hard to pick favourites because, I mean, I've obviously talked about Newcastle, which is a project that I've been involved in a lot. But, you know, equally, we've got We've got fantastically um, transformational projects in 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 many other towns and cities in in you know regionally around the UK in places like Sunderland, Sheffield, and I think that the thing for me that's really exciting is is the is the opportunity and the fact that the way LNG um, sort of approaches these projects is, is is relatively unique, and the fact that you know it, it doesn't tend to happen where people go into sort of towns and cities and actually can take a chunk of it and actually, you know, look at it on a five to 10 year basis and, and, and actually completely change that part of the city and actually then build jobs and growth and, you know, quality of life in those in those areas. And I think that's, you know, you know, feeding into comments that, that, that Wes made in terms of things like the life sciences sector, where we started to actually hit in all of these different areas. It's 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 kind of it's huge it's global as in you know we, we can look at everything we're not just going to go and build houses we're not just going to go and build offices we're looking at properly integrated sort of ecosystems within within sort of towns and cities um and that's really exciting i think the, you know the some of you know the, particularly some of the regional cities have have suffered through the last generation or so in terms of repurposing themselves away from you know potentially industrial pasts um, and, and you know and, and finding themselves having to start afresh um and it's kind of a sort of urban renaissance is, is really really exciting thanks all it's been fantastic it really has to hear more about your roles how the different businesses across lng work together and how they support one another the main theme i've really taken away is how inclusive capitalism is, is front and center to all these partnerships and how they're helping level up the uk 
support the economy, especially as we emerge out of the pandemic. So thank you all for your time. And I really look forward to hearing more about future projects as they're launched. Great. Thanks, Paige. Thanks, Thank Paige. You.